David, a man after God's own heart. That's going to be our template for the next three sermons. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm the youth pastor, and uh, I, I have um, a wife, Abigail, who works at the office. We have a kid. I don't know. What else do you need to know about me? We have a boy. And uh, most of you know already, but I have, we haven't officially um, you know, declared it, but we are working on the second one. He's going to be here in November 1st. We just told them the, the, the gender, too. It's going to be a boy again. So um, I still wanted to do a gender reveal. You know, if anyone has a, just for the fun of it, you know, I'll bring the youth. Whoever has a, a, a cement pad that I can do a burnout on, and then I'm going to have the blue smoke come in. For those of you who have powerful cards, Ethan, maybe you could, you know, do your Camaro there and just do a burnout. We're just loving life right now. I mean, how many of y'all love the sun and the, the warmth, you know, just hanging out outside and getting sunburned? Uh, yesterday, we, I don't know if you guys know, like, it, I, how many of y'all went to Bud Miller yesterday? Yo, you got filled with good stuff, didn't you? We had the Filipino festival, um, and uh, we had a lot of food there, a lot of me- merchandise, and, and just um, celebrated kind of the, the culture, and maybe you saw a little bit of that, but... Um, our, our, culture, our culture, if you sum it up in one word, is food. And so we love food. Spring rolls, anybody, if you want some, I'll, I'll get you some. All right? Just pay me my, my hourly, you know, on a, on a daily, and then we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> um, life is so fun right now. And um, the, the, just this week, uh, we went to the water park. And I'll, I'll share a little bit of, of the story um, along the lines the, of, the, of the sermon here. Um, but I want to ask you first, do you have role models? Role models. Do you have heroes? Who would be the person that you look up to? Maybe it's your, maybe it's, your uh, it's usually a superheroes, right? Superman, Batman, Iron Man. How, how many of y'all love Iron Man? Yeah, anybody? Marvel guys here? DC people? Avengers, um, we just watched uh, the, tra- the Transformers um, movie um, with the youth, and I brought some junior high group there and senior high, and they loved it, and I just love the Transformers, uh, and so um, that, that's a good time. Um, I rewatched it a couple times already, and, um, and, and my, <laughs> my role model, you know, is, you know, all the biblical stuff and Jesus and my dad and everyone, right? But I love, I love, I love Optimus Prime. You know, and you know Optimus Prime, his voice is like just this deep, you know, kind of stoic, just very wise person, right? And, um, and so that's for me. What about you? Who is your role model? Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your youth pastor. I don't know. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> but uh, maybe it's a uh, good example, Nelson Mandela, uh, Billy Graham. Those are good examples. What about bad examples? Right? The ones that we you shouldn't uh, uphold as role models. What about um, presidents, politicians, U.S. presidents? Uh, yeah, right now. Um, prime ministers. Yes, no. <laughs> Corruption and deception tandem right there. I don't, I don't know. I, I think we're all in agreement to that. And then we're looking at, you know, uh, biblical examples. Uh, good and the bad examples found in the Bible, we got Samson, who was called by God to be, to be this, 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 
uh, prophet and judge, and we all know how that went. Um, Samuel, the prophet of God, though he walked with God, he, was, uh, he had his um, imperfections here and there. I want to focus on uh, David a little bit here. Acts 13.22, it says, the New Testament talks about David, and it says this. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. In your life right now, at the end of your life, maybe it's a dream for me, for God to say, for, the, for, 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 for him to just say, he was walking after the things that I set before him. He was a man after my own heart. And so it's good for us, I think, as a society, we need to have role models. We need to have people to look up to like David. It's, 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 he, they're there in order to, to, to provide examples so that our society would be in order. I think God has propped up leaders all throughout the Bible and society so that we can follow after God through their example. And so that's why I want to look at David today. Who do you look up to in order to take your life at a greater height and bring inspiration, there's, there's newness and freshness, so that you could live just full of, of God, full of his, everything that he has in store for you? Who is your favorite person to look up to? The funny story that... I want to tell you is that we're, we're hanging out at the water park. My, our son, Ishmael, he's not walking yet, and so I would have to guide him. And, and we were in there, and he was hesitant. He was a very, he is a very cautious kid, and he didn't, he didn't like the, the cold water being splashed around. And, and so he didn't, he didn't like being there, but he, but he is kind of curious enough to want to be there as well. And so we were hanging out there uh, Thursday night, and um, he was kind of having fun but, but kind of crying at the same time. How many of y'all know? I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. But we were hanging out there. And there's this kid. This kid was just having fun, five-year-old or whatever. There was one of the guns there. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And it shoots very, you know, very far. And it was like, pfft. we got splashed in the face. The, the kid just shot my, my kid in the face, my baby. And, and you know my initial reaction? You know I'm a boxer, right? And so I'm like, Where, where's the parents? Like, I, I need, we need... We need to do something right now. And, and, and speaking about role models, I just watched Transformers. And the Holy Spirit was talking through the voice of the Optim Optimus Prime. <laughs> Elijah. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it right now. <clears throat> I usually can do it. It's just a kid. <laughs> and um, and it's, it's, it's good to have stoic, you know, um, good examples, role models. In life, and so that's what happened with me. And um, I need to work on my patience. But, but at the same time, the question for, for, for us as we think about, you know, us taking a break during the summertime, us, us living our lives just, you know, uh, I know you're dreaming about the, the summers at the lake, and, and we need something to reflect on. And I just wanted to give you something that, that you, could, you could take and kind of chew on. And David is one guy that you could, that you could kind of learn from.
we could all learn from. How did he follow after God's own heart? You see, more, than, more has been written about this man than any other biblical character. There's about 66 chapters on David's life. There's about 59 New Testament references detailing his amazing adventure with God, his trials, his triumphs, his temptations, his mistakes, his miracles that he did in his life. But I want to um, go back a little bit uh, and, and shoot, the, shoot the background a little bit here. We go back to the periods of the Judges. You know, early life of David where Israel was still on a long drift away from, from God. Samuel is the last judge who is the prophet for the nation. He receives a blunt and almost forceful request from the people to give them a king. The, the people were disillusioned. Um, the judges aren't doing it. The, our leaders are, are in this array. They're not leading us. And so perhaps like other nations, we need a king. And so... They ask Samuel for a king. And mind you, I, I just preached on this. I don't know if you remember. Um, I preached on Judges about Deborah there. And um, this is later period in, in, in the Judges where the last prophet, Samuel, is, is the guy left. And he's trying to honor God. But at the same time, the culture and, and, and society has gone so far away from, from, from just following God that they, that they even he himself... Um, is a product of the, the, the culture and the society. He's doing his best, but it ain't perfect. His sons do not walk in the ways of the Lord, and so that's kind of what the people will use as a reason for them to ask for a king. And so, 1 Samuel 8, 5 to 7, it says this. They said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Therefore, appoint a king to judge us, as, uh, to judge us the same as the other nations have. When they said, "Give us a king to judge," Samuel considered their demand wrong, so he prayed to the Lord. But the Lord told him, "Listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you; they have rejected me as their king. They are doing the same thing that you, that that they have done to me since the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day." abandoning me and worshiping other gods. Doesn't it sound familiar? You know, maybe, maybe you're a parent with kids, with teens, with adults even. Perhaps people who've, you, you're part of the people who've learned um, the hard lessons in life, the hard way. And, and you know exactly what it means to walk away from God. And now that you've gone back, you don't want that for your kids. You know you've been there. You know where your kids are headed. You've gone through the same stubborn season, maybe. So you have some wisdom and experience to tell them, but they won't listen. What happens? This is what's happening in the nation of, of Israel. Um, Samuel trying to hold the line. People not listening, worshiping other gods, rejecting God, ultimately. They think they know better than, than you, maybe. Well, I'm old enough to make my own decisions, and this is what I want to do. A teen says, um, hopefully that's not your kid. And if, if, if that is, uh, we're, we're praying for them to, to, to come back to the right path. But, and you say, well, all right, here it is. Do what you want. A hundred years ago, do you guys remember the Titanic? Anyone? The engineers of the famous ship, 
sunk to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. And um, uh, part of the employee people, whoever they are, we, we don't really know. They arrogantly presumed that their latest shipbuilding innovation was the latest and greatest. And they presumed that not even God can sink the ship. And um, we should have learned a lesson. But just a, just a week ago, a century after that, the lesson of human pride and arrogance is still there. Do not put God's name where you don't want to. And that's basically anything that you say, God can't do this, God can't do that. Don't, don't, put, don't put God's name in anything where your arrogant is and your pride is. They did an interview with the CEO of a now famous submarine voyager who takes people to an exclusive round trip to the shipwreck of the Titanic, 12,500 feet below. The CEO was so confident in his design of the sub, essentially sharing the same sentiment of those that have mocked God a century before, as you may have already know, right? Um, it's on Facebook. It's, on, it's everywhere. That same submarine he was so confident in imploded in deep waters, taking with him four other people. And so... People online were making fun of the, the situation. I, I don't think it's funny. We grieve and we pray for the, the, lo the loss of the loved ones. But we also need to learn the lesson. It's been 100 years. And this is what's been going on. In Israel, during the period of the judges, a dark time is that they don't learn the hard lessons. And so here's the lesson. Don't reject God. No matter what happens in life, upturn, you get richer, you get smarter, you get, um, you know, better at math. Um, I feel like that's a miracle because I'm, I'm not good at math. But um, one day maybe when I go to heaven, I'll, I'll be better at math. Maybe you become a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Who knows? You get promoted. Don't reject. Don't forget your relationship with God. Don't think that you're bigger somehow. Maybe on the downturn, which you and I might have to go through at some point in life because we live in a broken, fallen world where life gets tough. You lose your career, financial stability, your marriage might be rocky, your friendships have ended, your family, your health, your house. But don't abandon God because with Him you are safer and you're more secure. Even if you lose all of that, you're more secure in Christ than you are without Him. And so go with God. Um, second lesson from, from what's going on here is that you don't have to figure it out. Don't figure it out on your own. No matter how smarter you get, you will be tempted to leave God's path just to try to figure it out on your own. But let me declare to you today that if God is not involved in leading you in whatever you're doing, it, it ain't going to work. It seems like the Israelites knew what they needed, right? Just like other nations, we want a king. And they had legitimate reasons for wanting a change, right? Um, Samuel's sons who were uh, appointed to be judges over Israel, they're not walking with, with the Lord. They're not walking after Samuel. And so the people recognize that. And so they, want, they don't want the corruption. They want better leadership. And so maybe a king will solve our problems. But no. And by the way, I just want to tell you the context of this. The, the part of the problem is that they're being attacked by other tribes, other, other peoples, and they're, they're, uh, they're, they're losing at this time. And so they're 
it's a hard time for, for the nation. And so, it seems that the Israelites knew what they needed and had legitimate reasons for wanting a change. Have you ever felt that in your life? Where, God, this is what I need. And then instead of asking God for prayer like Samuel, you're, you're telling God, this is, what, this is what I want to, you know, I, you know, like if you're a young adult, God, I want a wife. Maybe, maybe I can deal with my lust if I get a wife. Let me tell you, according to the books, that's not, it doesn't work. Um, and so, um, you, you got to walk with God. You got to include God. If you need a wife, if you need a husband, ask God for it. You know, maybe church is a good spot to, to find a wife or a husband. Just saying. Not if you're a youth, all right? Don't, don't be thinking about that right now. Um, <laughs> go to school first. Um, and so, here we are. It sounds a little bit familiar in our context, doesn't it? But somehow, we see 1 Samuel 8, 4 to 5. Sorry, let's, let's skip that. God is somehow still involved through the prophet Samuel here, being there. God wasn't leading the situation of the people. The Israelites were contrasting um, Samuel's process here where he prays before God. And uh, there's no mention of the elders praying um, for God. And so that's a contrast here. Here's the next lesson. God lets you have what you want to teach you the hard lessons. 1 Samuel 8, 9 to 10. God says this to Samuel. Listen to them, but solemnly warn them and tell them about the customary rights of the king who will reign over them. Samuel told all the Lord's words to the people who were asking him for a king. Solemnly warn them. As parents, you've done this. Warn them in detail as they replace God's rulership with human kings. This is what's happening. They will see corruption and exploitation on every side. Samuel tries to persuade them back, but they persisted. God says, all right, I'll let you do what you want. Find, find a king and choose a king. Let's see what happens. And so 1 Samuel 9, 1 to 2, here comes the people's choice. Who did they choose? What kind of man did they choose to lead them to solve their problems? Um, there was a prominent man of Benjamin named Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zero, son of Bekorath, son of Apaya, son of Benjaminite. He had a son named Saul, an impressive young man. There was no one more impressive among the Israelites than he. He stood a head taller than everyone else. Here comes the normal inclination for all of us. Everyone's impressed. Saul begins his kingly rule as a humble man who seemed to be God's choice, but soon enough, the peoples begin to show. He shows his true colors to the people. And then we fast forward. He is rejected by God. Samuel said to Saul, you have been foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. It was at this time that the Lord would have permanently established your reign over Israel. But now your reign will not endure. The Lord has found a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not done what the Lord had commanded. Here we see Saul being rejected by God for several reasons. But I want to highlight one, the one thing that he did that, that, didn't, uh, that, that didn't work with, with, with God. 
the one that broke the horse's back was ultimately the reason why God would reject him and any person today. And here's, here's that. It is Saul's blatant rejection of God. Although that's not apparent, we, we see it in what happens throughout the rest of his life. 1 Samuel 15, 30. Saul said, I have sinned. Please honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so I can bow in worship to the Lord, keyword, your God. Whenever you read your Bible, pay attention to those indications. It's like Nebuchadnezzar when he uh, praised God after all the, the things that Daniel did before them. And, and, and uh, it's the Lord your God. He, dist- he distances himself from a personal relationship. Do the things that you do, Samuel, the religious things, the, the, you know, the, the stuff that, that makes me powerful. Um, I have sinned. Forgive me. But all along, we see that he is focused on his position and then just everything that he, that he, uh, that he has according to his grasp as a powerful leader. But the personal relationship with God wasn't there. Come back with me so I can bow and worship to the Lord your God. And so, every one of us, maybe you're new here today, we're all in the process. And maybe we don't call Jesus Lord yet. Maybe we don't worship him yet if you're new, if you're just checking out church. And so, really, this is for, this is for a reminder for people who, who are sitting here today who call themselves Christian. Do you call the Lord your God, your God? Or is it someone else's? Is it just Samuel's? Personally identifying with God. And so that's, that's what happens here. That is the thing. That is the sin. That's the mistake that Saul did um, that um, kind of put him at a place where he's not in a personal relationship with God. Everything else that he did, everything that David does, the big mistakes that he does, those are all forgiven, but this is the only one. Because not having a personal relationship with God here puts Saul in a place where he is using God, really, for his own means, his own power, his own end. And so there are piles of disobediences. You, you can look at that. You can see that in First Samuel. And so I'm not going to go through all of that. But here we can see that there was no devotion, there's no worship, there's no humility. Um, it's all about what I want to accomplish for Saul. And so the tall, dark, and handsome becomes an ugly, wrinkly, grumpy, and even murderous mess of a guy. You'll see this as the rest of the story. His heart was dead for the things of God, evidenced by 1 Samuel 16:4, where God's spirit leaves Saul for good. You won't worship God, God will respect that, and here you go. That's the lesson. And so I hope today that your heart is at the right place. And if not, I want to ask you, where is your heart today? Do you have a devotion for God? Are you worshiping God? Are you in a place of of obedience to the things that he said to you? My hope is that we would learn from Saul today and do the opposite of what he did. How do we do that? Well, we look at the better example. We look at David. 
where we look at God's chosen man, who starts out as an obscure, unimpressive boy with the lowliest of jobs in Israel. He was a shepherd. The lowliest of status in his own family. He was the youngest. And so now between Saul and David, who would, who would you pick to be Israel's next king? On paper, without knowing the end result, who is a better choice? We would say Saul. If, if we are given the, the decision today to hire somebody for anything, for our business, for, for like we would, we would hire the more impressive guy. But God chooses otherwise. David was not people's choice. He was God's chosen. Because of one thing, he was a man after God's own heart. Didn't matter what he had at this point. He was a boy. This principle is um, taught in the New Testament. Paul speaks about this, how God chooses people, how God gives us grace and chooses us and calls us to do great things for God. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 28. Brothers and sisters, consider your calling. Not many were wise from human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something. I thank God for that. That he is not like people. He's not like us. He knows the end from the beginning and he knows the people that are going to worship him truly and wholeheartedly. That's the point of the sermon. I pray that this summer you would spend time just assessing your heart and seeing that God is there. And that you're worshiping him truly wholeheartedly. And so what does God do with a heart that follows him from nothing to something? This is what God does in David's life. What a great introduction. I like David already. Now let's bring the plane to the landing today. Where do you find yourself today? Do you find that you're more like Saul? Using God for your own means? You know, it's more blessed um, for us to, to... to, to, to have God, really. And um, people, people on, on, on the television have used, people who are rich, have used the principle that, um, that, that is in the Bible without, without really personally identifying with Christ. And they're rich for it, and they, they, they operate in, in a better way than those who don't have that. But I, I want to get the, to the heart of this text today, is that we need to look at our heart and see who is leading it today. And don't get me wrong, it's not about perfection. See, David did some horrible things. You know this, Bible people. You've, you've read the rest of the story. Um, he did some horrible things. Um, and, and, uh, but, but he is still the, the, the example that God gives us. The example that human leadership could, go only, could only go so far. And then from then on, it's, it's foreshadowing the coming of the perfect king, King Jesus, the one who would live his perfect life and die on the cross to pay for our sin that we could not pay ourselves. To give us the perfect example of a life that is devoted wholly to God in perfection. 
And so God calls us to be a man after God's own heart like David, but it is Jesus who we are following. We are called to Jesus. And so that, 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 is, that is really the point of the life of David is to point to Jesus, the coming king who is perfect in all the ways he was not. He was after God's own heart. In the New Testament, Jesus says that my food is to do the will of him who sent me. The disciples were like, aren't you going to eat? Aren't you hungry? Um, and he was like, I, I focus on the thing that I need to focus on right now. And it's doing the will of God. And so that's, that's the point. And that's the focus of, of today for all of us. It's to follow after God's own heart. Following Jesus. Fully devoted. And so as we look at the life of David, the rest of it. Uh, next week I'm going to be talking about Goliath. David and Goliath. And, and just the fun battle that he's going to be in. My hope is that we would take the time and hopefully throughout the summer spend, you know, spend that thinking and, and, and just change the things that we need to change in our lives. I'm just being honest. Improve the things we need to improve according to the word of God, right? Um, not to be like Saul, just impressive and pretty. Although we, we have a lot of pretty people in the church. I can see that from here. But, but it's unstable for the Lord because of lack of submission to him, that's Saul. We want to be like David. What areas in your life do you need to change? I'm going to call the team up as I ask you these questions to reflect on it. What areas need improvement? What does God, where does God need to step in? In your marriage, in your friendships, in your attitude day by day. What areas do you need to give up and take your eyes off and turn it to Jesus this morning? This is my challenge for you, is to take this summer to do a heart check. Take this morning to do a heart check. Because the natural tendency for us is to drift away from God. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Only God can. He's the one that made your heart. He's the one that understands the deepest of the deep within our hearts. Only God is the person, the source who you can consult with, with all the concerns that you have. He is your help. And he is ready to counsel you. And so for me and for you, let's, let's do that. Um, we, uh, we see David making the biggest mistake of his life. And this is later on. This is in Psalm 51. Evidently, he, eventually, he repents and turns back to God. He turns to, the, to God's leadership over his life after a period of just disobedience. He says this, Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. See, David understood only God can make him a new heart, to give him a new heart and a new nature and a new passion to follow after God. So he comes to him in prayer. And, and I'm not saying maybe you're not there today. Maybe, maybe you are in a good spot today. And so the challenge for you is to just keep going. 
And also at the same time, if you are doing great, help the people who are not doing great. Look around the church. Maybe you can help somebody get to a better place. If you are struggling with sin, take the example David gives us. No matter how far you've gone, no matter sin you've committed, God is gracious and able to help you. And he desires to do that. He desires to do that today. Whenever you're ready, pray, create in me a new heart, a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You see, for all of us, let's see. Let's check our heart. If its inclination and agenda lately have been after God or our own things. This will be marked where you spend your focus and all your time on. Usually on the things that need alignment, realignment back to God, they're, they're the things that, that you think about all the time. And if they're not lined up with God's word, they need to go. They need to get realigned back to God's agenda. And so spend time with him. The second thing, the second challenge I have for you today is God equips us through his spirit to do his will. That's what he does in David. And so God grants him the repentance and the grace and his spirit is within David and he spends that investing to do God's will the rest of his life. David had a hard life. He was the leader of, uh, of a people, Israel, who was disobedient to God. And um, that's messy. Ministry is messy. People are messy. And so let's get our, our heart check together and then let's do God's will. Yeah? How many of y'all are ready to do that? <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the example of David. That he gives us a, a template for the thing that we need to focus on all the time is that our heart is just after you, the things that you care about, the things that you love, to avoid the things that you hate. And to walk with you every single day. Help us to do that this summer. Help us to realign our agendas, our focus, back to you. Like David, he repented, turned away from his sin, and asked you for a new heart. And worshipped you and wrote songs about you. God, help us to just reflect on your goodness today. Thank you for leading us this morning in your word to challenge us and make us new. Help us to move up and out new life in Jesus Christ today and the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, team, lead us into a song.